It's time for another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. As always, delighted that you're listening to this sports podcast where we are into December. I got the biggest and the baddest sports topics to discuss with a pair of heavy hitters to help me do just that. Ian Dunn, the panda, joins the show where we break down just about everything. He's a jack of all trades. We talk college football playoffs, baseball free agency, boxing, UFC, tennis. Always enjoy talking with the panda. And then Chris Miller calls in to talk about the NFL. Joe Burrow beats Mahomes for the third straight time. Jimmy G out for the season. Eagles rolling. Who can be their threat in the NFC? A lot to talk about in the NFL. Chris Miller, Ian Dunn, the Panda. It's the Money Mitch Effect, and it starts right now. All right, now on the Money Mitch Effect, long-awaited return. Um, guy with the future so bright he can't take the sunglasses off. It's Ian Dunn, the Panda. What's up, man? Shades are on, Money Mitch. You know how we roll. How you holding up, my man? I'm perfect. I'm great. I'm uh, I'm elated to have you here. December, kind of a good wheelhouse for all of us, you know. And I know you yeah. got the Temple Owls stuff on, so it was a yeah. It's basketball season basketball now for season, the Owls. Yep. You know. Started out the football season's over for Temple. I mean, not a terrible first year, but it's basketball. Because Warner's now. son, right? Yeah, EJ Warner was yeah. uh, just a freshman. Came in, started after I think week two or three. I think he won. You know, freshman of the year, rookie of the year, I think they called it for the American. But he's probably going to be one of those guys that transfers, right? I mean, it's transfer season. Dude, a thousand people in the transfer portal and... Uh, and I, all of the Colorado team. Yeah, Dan basically <laughs> said, get out. Like, that's it. Leave. Which, and, and I'm, I understand it. I do think there should be some regulation there. It's good that you have the option to leave, but it's It's the Wild crazy. West right now. With, with well, the NIL money, with the transfer portal, it's the Wild West. I feel like there's going to be a middle class of college athletes that are going to kind of get left behind. I don't want to say left behind, but you know what I mean? Like it's not going to benefit them. Well, they're going to be forced to transfer out of schools basically. Yeah. We've already seen it with the NIL stuff where if you don't hit your, it's like a contract. If you don't hit your, your, your yeah. goals or what they sign you to, then they just rip up the deal and then you want out. So I just, I think regulation might be good. I always thought, and this is me being maybe archaic, but I thought everyone should get like one free one, like leave, yeah. no questions, asked, go. For sure. It, you get guys like Slovis and JT Daniels who are, are going to be on their fourth themes, you know? Yeah, I mean, you think about, like, it, they've been doing that in basketball for a long time, like transfers. Why can't yeah. it work with football? You know, I, I know, mean, yeah. It just, it's so much less of a student athlete now it really is just an athlete yeah it's all about making it always was about making money it's changed a lot it has changed a lot in the last few years i mean the last two or three years the sport i don't want to say the sport's completely different but it's changed a lot the way the mechanics are the way the the coaching recruiting works i mean it really is sort of a different game behind the scenes yeah, it's like I remember when I was a little kid, like watching college football, watching Stetson Bennett play, and I just thought that, you know, I, I just, I hope that the game's the same and it's not. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is different, and you see it a lot yeah. in basketball too, yeah. where you don't have a lot of these programs built on four-year guys. Yeah, like that was Temple's thing forever was getting guys to come back for a senior year. I never liked the one-and-done rule. Um, I think it. It just creates a sham of a college experience because these guys aren't even going to more than going once. To class. Well, maybe one semester you eke through and then that's it. I just they weren't going to class at Temple, man. Let me tell you, yeah, I was well, supposed to be in classes with those guys. I don't want to. I don't want to comment on the Billikens, <laughs> but I'm just going to leave that one dry. Some good students there, though. Yeah. Um, did you follow up on the playoff picture? Did you have any thoughts on kind of how it shaked out? I mean, I'm I'm also like kind of anti 12 teams more than most because. 
it would be interesting to to feel It'd the be bracket. Wild if it if it got turned into something like March Madness, I mean anything just, could happen. But I don't know if that's what you want. I like, like the regular season. I love that. Like, look, we're all acknowledging that Alabama would be you know one of the four best teams if we're just starting from scratch. But they lost, and they got punished, and I love that. You know, not just because I don't want Alabama in there, but I think it's nice to note their stakes in the regular season. Yeah, the NFL is is got great drama in the playoffs, the one and done. It's great with the bracket and everything, but you know, you have the ability to just kind of lose a game going away in the regular season. It's like, oh, whatever. You know, I think from what it sounds like, they got the four teams right. Like even though TCU lost late, so USC got pen- penalized for. And I know a Ohio State fan. It sounds like I'm, you know, talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but I think that USC getting penalized for having to play their conference championship game is a fair argument that the conference title game could be, you know, pointless or, or hurtful in a lot of ways. But we all watched that thinking there's no way they were one of the four best teams. Plus, it was a great game. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to take games like that off yeah. the calendar. I think. The divisions is the other thing. If we're going to keep expanding the playoff, I don't know that we need divisions for these conferences. Like the SEC title game could have been better if it was Georgia, Tennessee, and then yeah. Tennessee has a chance to play their way in, or you know. I mean, it's really two super conferences now. Yeah, it's getting there. I, I I'm I'm firm, and I think that what's going to happen in a, in like five years is you could see the Big Ten and SEC come to the table and say we're going to do our own thing. We're going to do our. I mean, own why playoff. not? They could they could corner the market. It would be. Yeah. I don't. It's not good for the sport. I no. mean, it's not good for these colleges to make it. I was actually looking on the bas- college basketball side of it. I was reading up on the the Big Five rivalry in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and how long that's been around and and how this year it sort of died. Like they had a oh, doubleheader really? at the Palestra. Temple, Why do you think that Temple, was? St. Joe's. I mean, there were there were two thousand people in the crowd wow. for for a, a huge Big Five game. I mean, those are huge games that historically. Like they they put in seventeen thousand mm-hmm. people at what the Wells Fargo Center back in the day mm-hmm. to see a just a regular St. Joe's yeah. Villanova game. I mean, I think part of it is Villanova got too big. You That's know, true. all of their non-conference basketball games are against top schools now. They're in all of these other events, mm-hmm. these these early year, you know, invitationals. Yeah, and it's hard when t- teams like St. Joe's and LaSalle and and teams like this aren't as good as they used to be, and uh-huh. Temple included. Like, it, it's just it's weird that with the huge the the changing landscape of college football and college basketball and conference realignment, that you lose some of the best parts of the game. Well, basketball definitely got basketball left got screwed completely. Yeah. But that's how it works. It's big business, right? I mean, and that's it's that's football, how it works. Man. It's all football, and it's just sad because and think about the non revenue sport. Like basketball is number two, and it's a distant yeah. two. But everything after that, it's like. Not it doesn't even, even matter. Yeah, it's not not even a thought at all. It's yeah. not even a calculated into it. Well, the playoff is going to be more money, and I understand it, and it's going to be good to kind of see that model. I just do think that, you know, the summers and the fall might be different. This last version, it seems like, of the 14 playoff should be pretty good. You got, yeah. you got TCU in there, as you said, like they deserve to be in there, and I thought, you know, them in there along with Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia going for back-to-back is pretty crazy. I like that Michigan and Ohio State don't play in the semi as mm-hmm. well. I thought that was good that they – I, I just, think I don't need to yeah. see that every single week. Right. <laughs> like, I think it's a I think it's a deserving bracket because TCU barely lost that game, you know, and they were yeah, still Yeah, that was so tight at the end there. I think it's a lot of stakes if they do play again too. It's like Michigan would just give up the win they had 40 days later, but if Ohio State loses twice to them in the same year, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but the Who, Heisman the Who's he- going to beat Georgia though? I don't know. They they just control the line of scrimmage. So well, and that's cuz they recruited like out recruited so Bama good, man. and you know? they are so good. 
Stetson should not be a Heisman finalist. They did, they left out Hooker from Tennessee. Wasn't well, Stetson like twenty six years he's old? He's twenty five. Yeah, and I just he's uh, good I mean, quarterback, but that is not. They're not winning because of him. If you traded him and Hooker, yeah, the I mean Tennessee's like eight and five or whatever. For you sure. Know? So it's just weird to me that a guy that old can can play and it's just COVID accepted. Gave, Cody COVID gave everybody an extra year. That twenty twenty year didn't count. So it's basically you're having a lot of six year players too. Um, it's just weird to me. Like you weird. think of it as a sport of like you know eighteen to twenty one year olds. Yeah, and now there's a twenty five year old. There's yeah. a dad. Case Keenum's been yeah. still yeah. playing. I think. Uh, I wanted to talk about some other things too. Uh, I guess we can start with MLB free agency, and it's oh, bad man. for you because look, you know I don't know if it is bad for me. Well, I just said as someone that very much dislikes the Phillies. I no, actually I don't think so, man. No, I don't think so because I thought they were the team that. So your hatred as a Braves fan, for everyone not knowing, Panda is a Braves fan. It kind of depends on who's the hot, trendy team. Or I know the Mets were like number one last year of hatred. The Phillies didn't yeah. overtake them. I mean, the Phillies did in the playoffs, yeah. just beating us. But <laughs> I think the signings that they made, like they overpaid for Taiwan Walker. Yeah, big time. I mean, that's and Turner getting eleven years. I like him. I think he's a good player. It is kind of crazy to look back at that, like, Washington Nationals, like, what, that 2015 roster and just all the talent they had. I mean, it was like the Marlins 2014 or whatever. <laughs> Seriously. Three All-Stars. But he hasn't been great that long. Trey Turner is maybe top three defensive shortstops in the yes, game. Yes, 100%. I don't think he's that great offensively. Like, he had a great year last year. Great year last mm -hmm. year. I mean, I've I've spent, what, six years having to play 18 games against him every year. Mm -hmm. Not me physically. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't see out there. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he's he's good. He's a Braves killer. But uh, it, it's just it's weird to me that he got 11 years. Isn't he turning 30? Yeah, I think he's pretty old. That's, it's a, just, that's a big contract for a guy who hasn't stayed healthy his entire career. He's had a no. few years where he's been injured. Um, he, want, he took less money to go there, which is good for them. But I still think they overpaid for Taiwan Walker – a lot. And yeah. I think the Mets as well. The Mets got Scherzer, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, they got, no, the big one was Verlander. Yeah. Or Verlander, Verlander not Scherzer. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Verlander. Verlander's old too. You, you can't think that Biggest, there's not going to be any any non-regression there. It's weird because they let DeGrom go to the Rangers, which I actually thought was kind of smart given the money that was shelled out. I don't think they, I think DeGrom wanted or, yeah, to leave like too, I don't, right? Yeah, I think he wanted to leave too, but I, basically what I'm saying is that I don't know that that contract that DeGrom signed the Mets would have been that great. No. You know, so I actually understood that, but I just, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, there's no salary cap, so I'm having to judge this in a different level. Like, this is kind of monopoly money in a lot of way. I like. Yeah, if the Mets are in and the Phillies are in and they're just willing to spend money, then one of those is going to hit, right? <laughs> It's actually been a pretty good MLB free agency. Like I don't normally know it being like this, you know. Well, and it's, even it's the, been good and early. Like yeah. usually we've got to wait through all of the December meetings. So judge, so judge was the big one. Like nine years, three hundred sixty million. He made like one hundred forty million on the original offer. So betting on yourself does work sometimes. Well, when you're going to break the AL record for <laughs> yeah. home runs, I mean that's all time. It seems like the Yankees yourself. almost botched it. Like I don't want to give the Yankees credit ever, but especially right. this time, it's like. I feel like well, they just almost lost him. I don't know if they did, though. I don't know if he was ever going to leave. But I feel like they didn't. They almost took that for granted. Like, I feel like I agree. it would have been. They might have played it the wrong they way. played it the wrong way. Like, like, yeah, he's never going to go. I like, who wants to leave us? We're the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a California boy. When, when Heyman tweeted out. Mm, rough day for him. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I don't know who <laughs> Arson Judge is, but <laughs> he's on fire. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, 
you know, judge the Yankees. Like those signings are, are what we've seen historically. He was always going to get that yeah. kind of money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he deserved. Yeah, nine years. I mean, that's that's pretty good. That's a great deal. Nine years, Yankee. I mean, he's probably going to end up finishing his career as a Yankee. Yeah, Degrom signed that deal at age thirty-four. I, I don't know. I think Degrom's overrated. Yeah. I think the last three years of injuries. The one year though was like the best pitching year we've ever seen, but it was one year, and that's what I say with Trey Turner. Well, that, a lot I of think these that guys. one year caused a lot of those yeah, injuries too. It's through it. Verlander's going to be forty, and the Mets gave him all that money too. How many is, years? It's just it's just two, but two years. It's forty mil a year. Yeah. Something right. I mean, that's why I'm not super nervous. Like, going into the offseason for the Braves, like, we had to re-sign Dansby. That's mm-hmm. still the big priority here. Uh, mm-hmm. Half the half the fans don't like, want do him. You, do you, yeah, well, there you go. Do, do, you, do you chalk up last year to just choke, like, not choking, but just postseason underperformance? Or do you, like, you stay in the course? Or do you think structurally things have to change to get back to, you know, not I just... I think part of last but. year's issue was just the change of the setup of the playoffs, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think the the wild card game being three a three-game series. Oh, you're preaching to the choir, man. I, yeah. I predicted, and it ended up happening, I said two upsets at least. Totally. Because sitting around it, is a problem. Seven days off, six days off in between games. So this I isn't mean, the NFL. This isn't just rest right. up and baseball, it's not single you elimination. It, you need those These guys, bats. we talk about how long the season is. And as fans, it is monotonous. But these guys are ball players. They want to play every day. For me, it didn't even feel like the Braves were in the playoffs. They played, what, four games and they were gone? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, it was weird to yeah. me. I didn't get to see, there were no moments like yeah. the previous year when they made the, the crazy run to the World Series yeah. championship. Like, the NLDS where you know, Jock game. Peterson's going crazy. The NLCS where... It was the year before when they had that game against Trevor Bauer and the Reds, right? Where it was just like the never-ending game in that, I think. Yeah, yeah, th- it, yeah. Was, it was the COVID year, 2020. Yeah. I mean, there's just been a lot of those moments, and I, I'm not a huge fan of that uh, setup, but yeah. I think I mean, the Braves are, are loaded with prospects They're loaded. And players. They have people under contract for a lot less money than they deserve, which is a good thing as a fan and maybe yeah. a bad thing in the overall scheme of things, but... <laughs> They definitely need something in left field. You can't trot Marcelo Zuna out there anymore. That was that's no. the worst hire of of Alex Anthopoulos' GM shit for sure. <laughs> yeah. Worst, yeah, free agent. Yeah, signing. Well, the, I should say. I think it, it pains me to say this, but I, I loved Abreu going to the, oh, the Astros. Is a good move for them. And I much oh, would rather yeah. him stayed in the White. It's funny that I say this. I would have rather him stayed in the division that I root for the That's White Sox. But the Astros are going to be back near the top again. And for sure, man. But they're also guy, built. Josh Bell, though, that was pretty good. I like that one. I like Bell a lot. I think Bell's underrated. One year, it's a two-year deal. He's if he has a great year, he's probably going to opt out, which yeah. is of course. But it helps us next year, so I'm pretty excited about that. And there's some other big pieces. I'm actually curious if Cody Bellinger bounces back. That one-year deal with the Cubs, that little audition run. Yeah. You know, 17 mil is a lot, but one year. And he's had an up-and-down career, really, you know. That's what Jock Peterson did. He took a one-year deal with the Cubs, had a pretty good season, and then exploded with the Braves in the playoffs, yeah. and then had a crazy year for the Giants. So, I mean, that's the way. I just I don't know if the Braves are going to re-sign Dansby. That's that's number one for me. They need a shortstop. Yeah. And if it's not him, is it going to be Correa? Like, I don't Oof. think they're going to shell out that much money for Correa. I feel like the Dodgers are making a play for either him or, I mean, yeah. Xander's still out there, right? Bogarts? For sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Somebody's I mean, for the, coming. For the Braves, it's weird because Dansby has the same agent as Freddie Freeman. Mm. And we saw what happened last yeah, year. Yeah, is he still crying? I think so. Yeah, but part of that whole Freeman though. thing, it was... The agent. 
Well, it was the agent, but also it was brought on by the work stoppage. Yeah. Like, once that ended, like, they could have... If it was a regular season, Anthopolis and Freddie Freeman and his agent would have been talking the whole time. Right. But they couldn't talk, and then everyone came back, and everyone's making deals. And, hey, the season's starting in three weeks. Uh, What are we going to do? Didn't hear from you, Freddie. Didn't accept this offer. Okay, we're going a different way. Yeah. It was just poor communication, and it sucks, and it's probably going to hurt forever. Mm-hmm. And you know at some point there's – that was the silver lining of last season was the Braves not having to play the Dodgers in the playoffs <laughs> and not having to see Freeman hit a walk-off game seven like, right, against the face. Braves. Yeah, as I'm sitting there like in my glove. <laughs> yeah, you catch it. <laughs> you go to throw it back and your arm just yeah. falls off. But that made me feel better about the Braves losing was the Dodgers losing because they were clearly the best team. All I time. know, and they, they're they the ones, even more than the Braves, that have the argument of like we sat around did nothing after that regular season. But the season. Dodgers are the 90s Braves now. Yeah. They're, no, they need they one are. more. I mean, it's funny. The two, it's like Lakers and Dodgers, right? You kind of need one more. They Not both, won, they both COVID won COVID years. titles. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, and if you want to be a real dynasty, I guess the Dodgers more than the Lakers here, but winning the division like eight out of nine years or whatever it is. One title is not. It is the 90s Braves, exactly. It is. And just for the record, the Buccaneers title was not a COVID season title. There were title. fans in the stadium fans for the Super Bowl. Fans in the Bowl. stadium. There were... Uh, Traveling on the road. They played all regular season games, so yeah. not a COVID title, even not though it was a, a COVID year. Not a COVID title. Todd Bowles is the biggest <laughs> fan here. Uh, Ian Dunn on the Money Mitch Effect. Good talking to the Panda. Let's talk about some combat sports, though. Let's do it, my man. Uh, all-time great, great uh, just body guy, Tyson Fury. Just the physique yeah, of, the, just, of a legend. You know, he's, he's really got an hourglass like shape. Um, but if you just took the top of the hourglass. Just the top. <laughs> yeah, just the I mean, top how many times is he going to fight Chisora, though? Like, are we going to just do this every two years? or Is it that other people don't want to fight him? Or is that I, there's I'll no give, other fights give, he can make? So... I think it's both. I think you got to give sword props for taking fights. Like he's not going to say no. You it's know, it's a lot of money. I mean, he's not going to say no to get beat up. There's these man. It's the whole boxing thing, like the mandatory challengers, this and that, and this was just to get it out of the way. And I think Fury wanted this as the tune-up, like the closest you can have to a tune-up in defending your title. Yeah. What happens from for... here? Yeah, well, that's the thing. And we're kind of in the, I don't want to say dead period, but the slow period of boxing where we kind of have to get some stuff out of the way to get to the 2023 super fights. Yeah. What's next is the key. Like, is Usyk the fight? Usyk was there. Yeah. He wasn't was, the only one there, though. No. Usyk was there, and he had his arms crossed after the fight. I mean, the end of that fight, it went on way too long. They yeah. should have stopped it in the you know the 10th or the 8th or whatever. But <sighs> Usyk's not afraid to fight anybody. Fury's not afraid to fight anybody. I do think Joe Joyce is good. I want to give him credit, too. I think that would be yeah. an interesting one. But he might not be... At the, like we don't know yet about him. Like he's, I, I would like to see him kind of. He's got to fight some bit. people. Yeah, I think Usyk is pound for pound as good of a heavyweight as I've seen in a long time. But that is a lot of size to give up. Well, he's so. I mean, typically sort of undersized. You know, like he's a cruiserweight champ, but he's so and his cardio is insane. Like the Joshua second, both Joshua fights with Usyk, he's just throwing nonstop. Yeah, I just don't know how it matches up with Fury because. No one's no one can match up with Fury. He's he's well, weird, he just man. leans on you he's like weird. he just leans on you, and that he's just heavy, takes your legs, fast. and he uses the leverage, and it's he, just. I don't think Fury's as good as he was in his prime because he is getting older now. I think he's slower. He's he's had some elbow issues. I was reading he also about. has gained the weight though, like it's part of his you know, and I and I just it's like you know all these heavyweights are are kind of we're in that interesting time where you know while they're still fighting, 
I don't know what, what he really has left when the competition yeah. steps up. Well, like, would Andy Ruiz ever fight a, a Fury? I think he's got to win at least one more big fight. Like, there's eliminate. Like, we're back in that eliminator stage. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know what the Usyk first Fury would be a great build up to a great fight. I just don't know if the size is too much. Because how much he's literally fighting a guy what seventy pounds heavier than him? Seventy pounds heavier. How much taller? Like six or seven inches. I think what's what's Usyk like six three? Look that up. Six three max. I mean. I don't know, man. And the thing is, if if you do that, is it? Are you Usyk's starting scary. another trilogy fight? Usyk's scary though. He stare. His stare. If is Usyk like beats Fury, stare. there's an automatic rematch. Uh huh. If Fury I mean, beats Usyk, is there another automatic rematch? I mean, you're putting all the belts on the line. I would assume you have to have a chance to rematch for the belts you lost, right? Does Fury want to get into that? I mean, as much as we say Fury, he should just he fight. I mean, fight the thing anybody. with Joshua is like Joshua's coming off those losses, and like I don't. Usyk's are in the right to. I think. You know, if he wants that fight, the money is what we get into. And it's why you've probably, we've all been gravitating I mean, towards UFC because they got one guy. Dana yeah, White right, that just you're says right. you're fighting or you're right. not fighting next. This guy's fighting. It's the inherent issue with boxing is getting the fight that you want to, you want to see. And that's always been the issue. And it's not just on the promotions. It's on the fighters a lot too. Like there's a lot of times the fighters and I mean, Floyd Mayweather, one of the greatest ever, but like he was the pioneer of handpicking, not yeah. now want this guy safer. And it, it preserved his record. He still had some great fights. Legacy. Now he can just fight exhibitions over wherever. But he, he 100% wants. did what was best for him to keep that record. For you sure. Know? I mean, that's why he took on Canelo when Canelo was 21. You, you wouldn't know? fight him again. No, 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 no. <laughs> he waited till Mosley. He waited till Pacquiao got knocked out. Mosley totally, was older. Man. You know, I, it, I mean, it, it was sense. really smart the way he did it. Yeah. Wasn't maybe the best fights, but. No. And his style was on that side too, but I think that's the. I just don't. I don't think we see Fury Usyk in twenty three. What fights do you want to see in twenty twenty three though? That's the one I want to see. That's the one, not Crawford. I don't Spence. think. I don't think we're ever going to see Crawford Spence. Mm. I, to me, it just feels like that fight is. It's going to be one of those. If we do see it, it'll be five years too late. Just like Pacquiao Mayweather. I, I mean, I really want to see that fight. I think okay. that'd be the best fight. I want to see Tiafimo Lopez again. I want to see. <laughs> it's I good to have a villain. Yeah. And I'm not talking about Tiafimo. I'm talking about Senior. Yeah, of course. Senior's great. I don't um, think he's thought his son's ever lost a round. <laughs> son's never been hit by a punch. What no. do you mean? How about Davis uh, Garcia? That's one that's on Tank my list. Tank Davis Ryan Garcia? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Not Hector. He's fighting Hector next, but yeah, you know. I know, it probably won't. I'd I love to dream. see Ryan Garcia fight. I mean, he did get rocked in, in that fight yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. But he's got that left hook is like unbelievable. And Canelo's like running out of people to fight too, so. Canelo's going to go after Bivol again, get beat again. Probably. But I mean, the thing the thing with Canelo is he's he's almost boring to watch. Like, because he's so dominant against everyone. They that he fear, has to go face they, somebody that he should so lose So they to. fear his power at his weight class. So they are tentative against him, but when he goes up, that fear is gone, and he, you know, it well, makes he's, sense. he's undersized for classes. the next. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly why there's. I mean, Bevo was rocking him. We're like, well, but it's like makes sense when you think about it. Like that's a light heavyweight. Like he's going to walk through punches that totally. the weights can't. I, I want to rewatch that fighting in just the the judges. I, I watched it twice. I watched it after like the week after. <laughs> it was more than a one round. Like, they added a one round difference. Yeah, it was not I mean, a one round. No difference. way. The whole middle of that fight was all beef. Well, it's always it's always <laughs> Canelo fights, and you know, you yeah. know how it is. 
Uh, Want to talk UFC though? I know we were absolutely, watching some stuff. yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, just we always talk boxing on here yeah. and, and mixed martial arts and stuff like that. But I think for me, in the last two to three years, I've become like a huge UFC fan, mm. like to the point where I'm I'm watching all of the UFC embedded <laughs> on YouTube. I'm I'm buying every single fight basically. I'm following wow. Instagram. I'm watching Chael Sonnen's YouTube channel. Like yeah. I'm into it now. And I think part of that goes back to and I and I love boxing. Like I'm a, one of the biggest boxing fans out there, but I think recently UFC's put on better fights. Better fights, the guys you want to see fight they they make the fights you want to see most of the time. Now mm-hmm. there are some where guys are, you know, jumping around and chasing and they don't want to fight and this and that, but the prospects that the UFC's brought out in the last few years, like Hamza Chemaev, who's probably one of the craziest students we've ever seen. I'm, I'm afraid. A scary, and he's <laughs> he's buying into the villain role. Like, he wants to be that guy. And and I just, I love just the full nature of you're in a cage with these with this other guy. Anything you can do to beat him, you do. And yeah, this guy's got a wrestling background. Except that guy's got a jujitsu <laughs> background. That guy's yeah. got a karate background. Right. Well, the Thompson Holland fight was awesome. Like that oh, was just man, so fun to watch. Oh man, that was yeah. Wonder Boy's so fast, man. Karate is just so like, and I, I maybe it's the boxing background. I like the standing up fighting, you yeah. know, more. I respect the jujitsu and, and wrestling background, but I think when they're throwing some shots, like that Chandler Poirier. Fight well, I mean, so I think Michael Chandler's the most exciting fighter in the UFC. Yeah. Every fight he goes into as our, is... As our co-worker uh, Jennifer Hanna says, he's here for a good time, not a long yeah, time. Yeah, totally. Every one <laughs> of his fights is just chaos. Unbelievable. And I mean, Poirier's, he fought a great fight there. I mean, too, he's cleaned he's out amazing. all the, you know, he's cleaned out all the tough guys. Um, so, I guess we could talk in the short term, like this pay-per-view coming up, the light heavyweight stuff is pretty fun. Like, Blyowicz gets like a title fight out of it. Well, Blahovich, I feel sorry, I feel bad, yeah, Blahovich is great. And I feel bad for, you know, Glover. Yeah. Not being able to fight because it was a quick turnaround. But Yuri yeah. Prohoshka is yeah. unbelievable, man. So, this is and like, the fact it, yeah. That his, I think he blew out his shoulder. He had, they said it was one of the worst injuries someone's ever had in UFC <laughs> leading up to a fight, which is not So, we're going to get a... Basically, like a tournament here, I would assume, right? Like they're well, gonna give because those I think guys. The win, whoever whoever gets the title, whoever wins between Ankalaev and Blahovich, uh, I think they're gonna do a rematch when they can. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Or, or do you just do Glover? Re, Glover gets a chance to beat Jan again. I think Glover shouldn't get another shot at the title. Yeah, and I think Glover I, should fight Yuri again. And then yeah, whoever the wins I, that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But I just don't know the Yuri timeline, so that's the kind of the... Oh, dude, I mean, it sounded really yeah. bad. From what I was reading, it sounded like he's going to be out for a long time and hope, a, like might yeah. never come back. And he was so fascinating to watch. Get to see Patty fight. Patty the Batty fight again. Patty's good. He's, he's another Jared one. Jared Gordon, right? Yeah, he's another one that they're doing like the... And they kind of did this with, obviously, Connor O'Malley, like the star personalities. Let's... Yeah. Training wheels them along. Not give, too give fast. them some fights. Don't immediately give them a I mean, title shot. Yeah, and, and see what we really have I mean, here. Pat, Patty's he's he's not the future. He's the current. Yeah, man. he's I, the guy. The, uh, are you a big O'Malley fan? Because I like him, but I also he shouldn't have won that last fight. Maybe that's part of the cloud for me there. And I think yeah, I don't see him being. I, I maybe he gets the title. Maybe I just I think it's a bad matchup with Sterling personally, and I just don't know that I ever see him being this like champion type of I like fighter. Sean O'Malley I think he's he's gifted in, in his striking and 
I think sometimes he just tries to be too cool with it inside. Yeah. And I think that gets him He in seems trouble. like the gatekeeper to me. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be the guy that's like going to be right in that middle ground. Yeah. And then when he transitions, he'll be the fun fight that every time a prospect wants to prove that they're real, yeah. fight this guy. Totally. And I, I think that, I mean, he fought really well. That was the best he's ever looked and the most he's ever been rocked in the cage. Yeah. That, that, and I to mean, see him come out, I mean, you can say whatever you want about the scorecards and this and that. That is a two-one fight that I think they got the wrong round. You know, it's yeah, one I round off, and that's that's the stuff that happens in the UFC. Yeah. Man. So, yeah. Well, that's the I one like thing O'Malley though. Coming, I think yeah. I do agree with you that Aljo's probably too much for him, mm-hmm. and I think Aljo could have a long reign here. UFC is dipping into the boxing and one negative side, like the the holding out, picking fights, the division stuff. So we're gonna get yeah. like, well, I mean, Volkanovski. I don't like interim champs. Yeah, that's a, that's their method. It's like, oh, you can't fight interim belt, title versus title, even though it's. But that's you know, why I like what happened with Prohashka, like him giving up the belt and mm-hmm. saying, hey, this isn't gonna be an interim belt. Whoever fights, you know, yeah. between Blahovich. And Ankalaev, that's yeah. going to be the champion. We're gonna I, get I like that. Volkanovski and Islam will be interesting. Volkanovski is maybe the most underrated dude yeah. out there. He's he's maybe the he's the best flyweight of all time. Period. Or you mean featherweight? Featherweight, featherweight yeah, yeah, of all time. Yeah. Period. Wow. And so, a hundred percent, man. He's fought everybody. He's beaten everybody twice. I, I here's where that's like the. I as a fighter, yes. The resume that Holloway had was tough. Like you know. I, I agree with you. Yeah, like beat Holloway yeah. three times, twice, two or three times. You beat him three times. So I mean, that's there are debates over whether he legitimately did it three times. I'm just saying the resume. Like I agree with you, he is yeah. as a fighter. We'll see how long he wants to be a featherweight, though. That's part of the, the issue. thing that that sold it for me was against Brian Ortega when he uh, he was in two chokes. Mm-hmm. And got out. Yeah, got out of both of them. Yeah. Like one of them, I think, was a Darce choke, maybe, and he got out. And the second one. I mean, he's just, like, kicking his legs, trying to get out. And I remember watching a, a thing, uh, I think it was, like, a UFC embedded or something like yeah. that, that he's he, like, swims with sharks <laughs> to so that when he's in situations where he's getting choked out, he doesn't freak out. Yeah. And he wow. said that was part of the reason that he didn't tap or anything because wow. he knew that swimming with sharks was crazier than Dude. whatever Brian Ortega could do. It was nuts, man. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And I, I love Volk now. I think, I think what he did leading up to... The Islam Charles fight, yeah, saying, ready. "Hey, I'm there. I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah. If somebody pulls out, I'm there." That's I just putting yourself in the conversation. That's what you have to do in the UFC. I feel like Islam's got that belt unlocked, though. Ooh, he's scary. And everyone was saying nobody knows if Sambo's Sambo can go against <sighs> jujitsu, and there's never been a Sambo champ, and blah blah blah. And like, other than Khabib, other I mean, than Khabib, yeah, it's, it's like it's the only one. But he, I mean, that's. And that was impressive. He's man. scary. There's a reason why people ducked him, because Charles is amazing too. And talk about getting rocked and being able to fight through it. And Charles gets all the respect for even yeah. fighting the guy. I mean, Charles has had a hell of a career, man. Hell of a run. This last run of the guys he's beaten in the last year. I he d- got hit a lot by those guys too. I, so that's part. I of think it. it's fun though to have some upsets as well, like Pereira beating beating Izzy. And then Usman going down like Man, dude, favorites that, that lost, but I bet, but that I think we would agree we would pick to win the rematch. Yeah, I would go. I mean, the Pereira yeah. fight was awesome. Yeah. That was one of the coolest things. Seeing the uh, after the fight, seeing what the corner said to him yeah, after over the fourth in his round, corner, like, yeah, dude, that was. That but that was, was similar. To, that scary. was that was very very similar to when. Usman lost his title fight. Same thing, yeah. yeah. Losing going yeah, in the Edwards last round. Is, they said, totally. we need you, yeah. Which totally. is great, which is why I love the five-round yeah, fights. The Pereira fight was, I mean, just thinking back, was awesome, man. Yeah. It was so good. Starts and beat him in kickboxing and in the UFC. <sighs> well, uh, we can kind of end it with this. When do you think we see Connor again? 
2023. I think he said he's getting back into USADA in March. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Is that to, right? Got time to cycle down. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. What do you think so, he weighs right now? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to make a guess on that. Well, I think, I think late 23. So six months from March is September. Yeah. So I think you're going to see him in September, October. I don't think he goes for belts anymore because I, th- I think he's fight. He's got to be fighting 170. It sounds like. And I also feel like he, he has could to fight be, 170. He could yeah. be going the boxing route. Like I don't. He also like, you got to take a grain of salt with what he says. Who he calls out all this stuff. It's all about the money for him. And I think I think yeah. there's going to be that Jake Paul route at, before a title fight in the UFC. That'd be my bold prediction. Ooh, interesting. Jake Paul fight before a title shot. Because okay. here's what I think. You don't think he's going to immediately come back to a title shot? No, I th- I don't. I think that, well, 170 is going to fight Leon or Usman. Like that, I don't think he wants. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can take place in the next nine Good months. Good fights for him would be... Chandler, catchweight or whatever. I think Dos Anjos actually after that win. Chandler, dude, I feel like Chandler yeah. would kill him. Maybe I don't know, but Dos Anjos would be a good one. They never fought, and you know he could go back and forth. Uh, I just think just win McGregor's too. the one guy. Like he got out of the dope. Like, he can do whatever he wants, right? So I think he could get out of his contract or say I'm retiring from UFC, go fight, and then come back. They'll always take him back because of the draw. Yeah, I don't know who he'd fight. Like who would be the best person for him to fight? It would have been Usman if Usman won. If he had stayed the yeah. champ. I, I think he would have come back at 170. That is the worst fight for him. I will just say right now, yeah. I'm on record. That is the fight that would give him the most problems of any of these hypotheticals. Well, I think Chemayev too. I think well, Chemayev yeah. would. I want to see who Chemayev actually fights. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to take credit for the idea, but there is that theory that he could work with uh, Nate Diaz for a fight outside of the UFC, and that's when they make Mayweather money. When they can just yeah, I just for me it. it feels like. Connor cares so much about the UFC and his standing within it that he doesn't want to go out on that loss on the ankle yeah. break. He I thinks just, he thinks he got cheated because his body get let down. He was going to lose that fight. I mean, for I, sure. Yeah. I also think though that he because he's never defended a belt in any promotion that he's won. So no matter yeah. what happens with him winning titles, he never defends. He's not. Well, yeah, I think challenge. he wins a title and then retires. He gets another belt and then what says belt does goodbye. He get, though Islam, Leon, like these are killers that fight all the time. Well, him against Islam makes sense, but I don't think he wants to make that weight. No, crazy. He used to fight at featherweight, right? Looking at him now, man. Yeah. Wait, well, hey, Ian Dunn, Panda. This was fun. Anything Thanks else in the money. sports world? I mean, we could talk some tennis. You know, on the no, way it's out, just, we're in the off season of tennis, so I've just been chilling. I mean, I'm I'm actually really excited about. 2023 on the tennis yeah. season like the men's tour a lot of great stories generations Alcarez, are colliding uh, yeah joker could get a full slate who knows if rafa's healthy yeah uh, on the women's side can Iga do it again mm-hmm. wow can coco take another step i mean i'm excited usually around this time i'm like oh man i i don't want the tennis season to start but i know i'm kind you, of excited for you've it. got no more tears left after federer retired no, now this is a new relationship I have with tennis is that, yes. like, I'm not super – I mean, I, I sort of lost the super fandom 2017, 2018 after, yeah. like, three, four, five years in just watching tennis yeah. every single day for work. But it had its glimpses, like, like when he would make runs. Like oh, I mean, Wimbledon 19 final was great. Any any time he made a run, it was really cool. And did, seeing him at Laver Cup was yeah. awesome. And Well, hey. Yeah. On to the, on to the on next to the generation, next. man. Bring him in. I hope this, we, we got to go to the Vegas, I mean – Alcaraz Nadal, MGM Grand, slot machine action. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Is that Super Bowl weekend? It's like one before. It's like something. So, you know, maybe. I'm there. Maybe you're there. Well, Ian Dunn, Panda, for appreciate me. you Money coming always, on. Man, Best always. of luck to Temple Basketball, too. Yeah. Got to throw that in there. But thanks for coming on. Thanks, Money.
As always, thanks to Ian Dunn. Always enjoy chopping it up with Panda. We got tennis starting in uh, less than a month, so he'll be dialed into that. Boxing, UFC, we mentioned it. Great time, as always, to uh, chat with Panda about any and all sports. Now we're going to switch it up, talk NFL football. Chris Miller, his Raiders, and my Browns both won this week, which is very rare. We talk about Jimmy G's injury for the Niners, the Bengals beat the Chiefs. The pecking order in the NFC, who can threaten the Eagles, if anybody out there, and uh, just some playoff picture talk as well. It's Chris Miller now on the Money Mitch Effect, talking NFL. All right, now on the Money Mitch Effect to talk NFL football. And uh, a Raiders fan talking to a Browns fan after wins, so we're going to have to just timestamp this one. But Chris Miller, thanks for coming back on the Money Mitch Effect. Yeah, of course, man. As rare as seeing a unicorn in the wild, both our teams won this week. I know. It's it's wild. <laughs> and, and and we can actually, just off the top with that, it's funny to be, as we were saying before we started, in the hunt, both at 5 and 7. Uh, it's going to take yeah. a lot of winning in a 17-game season, maybe having to win out, but just to have that fraction of hope for the Raiders winning three straight to get to 5 and 7 to split the season series with the Chargers. You had to feel good about the fact that you know, the defense is starting to make plays. Jacobs is having his best year as a pro. And mm-hmm. uh, Devontae Adams is starting to uh, kind of get some opportunities to make some plays. I know it's not a perfect team, and they've struggled at times this year, but hitting their groove, it's uh, it's kind of nice to see. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I think what we're seeing from Devontae Adams is what we expected to see from Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs was one of that sort of that toss up at the beginning of the season. Was he going to be, you know, Josh Jacobs of old? But let's talk really, though, Chandler Jones finally mm. showing up. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. that's what I've been waiting for all season is that Chandler Jones, Max Crosby combination. And it, it was uh, in full effect on Sunday. And it was, it a, was. a beautiful thing to watch. It was. They uh, they created turnovers, which was the big thing, and I think that's what you need to do, especially against the Chargers team that can put the ball on the turf. They do a good job in that. Uh, for my Browns, I mean, it was all defense, which is crazy. Um, I don't want to relitigate all this Deshaun Watson stuff, but I will say that not playing football for 700 days, I would expect I, – obviously there's going to be some rust there, so credit to the Browns defense and special teams for making the plays needed against, obviously, a Texans team that's not very good, but – it was nice for a yeah. change to see the Browns' defense, which has been, you know, gashed a lot this year, to actually step up and uh, you know pull their weight, so to speak. Oh, definitely. I mean, and winning a game first off, winning a game by two touchdowns, where your offense doesn't even score a touchdown, is pretty pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. That that defense. I mean, I, I'm I'm just glad I wasn't playing against my my buddy who had them I starting was. on his so fantasy just, team. <laughs> I would just tell you how fun that is to play against your own defense. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, yeah, they had a great game, and uh, that punt return by Peoples Jones was uh, was pretty pretty fun to watch too. So as we kind of gear towards the, the you know we're in December football, there's still five games left for these teams, four or five depending on if they're in the late bye week, which is always weird to me a week fourteen bye. But we're starting <laughs> we're starting to actually see the playoff picture take full form, and there's mm-hmm. still a lot of uncertainty there. But you got to give props to the best team in the NFL right now, the Philadelphia Eagles at 11-1. and one. They dismantle the Titans, uh, a Titans team that has its flaws but has been very game this year. Uh, Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts is probably in the pole position, still a lot of football left for the MVP, but A.J. Brown's a beast. They're getting help on their defense. 
And uh, as it stands right now, it's a, it's a, a wild and wacky year, but the Eagles are the top dog and deservedly so. Oh yeah. I mean, they've been, they've been <laughs> great. Jalen hurts. I mean, you started seeing it last year, like he was really coming on, but this is now the Jalen Hurts that the, the Eagles expect yeah. when they drafted him. I mean, he's oh, it's better than what they expected. I, I have to say, yeah. I mean, he, they got him not you know, not a first round pick, and he just plays clean. Yeah. I mean, we knew about the running, but twenty nine for thirty eight, three hundred eighty yards, three TDs. I mean, that's an efficient passer, and if he's if he's mm-hmm. doing that plus running, that's as good yeah. as you can get in the NFL. Oh yeah, and I think this is kind of you know, what the Bears are expecting to see more of with Justin Fields, too, you know, that, that this sort of uh, dual threat. But Jalen Hurts, he's doing it at, yeah, an, an elite level right now. I mean, 380 yards, yeah, three touchdowns. Like, that's just insane, you know. Yeah. Now, granted, he had a meager 12 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's mm-hmm. not hold that against him. No, I mean, uh, he ran still, for <laughs> still a touchdown. Yeah, ran for the touchdown, <laughs> and that's that was the conceded effort by, concerted effort by the Titans is to get, his legs out of the game and he just beat him another way. So props to that yeah. AJ Brown trade looks better. He torches his former team for two touchdowns oh. and over a hundred yards receiving. You know, you'd have to say though, Chris, that the second best team in the NFC is well, I guess I'd ask you the question, is the second best team there in the NFC, are they in their division or are they the Minnesota Vikings or somebody else? That's that's a tough call. I, I would say before Garoppolo got mm-hmm. injured, I would have said it was probably the Niners. Yeah. Because they were just, they were so solid on both sides of the ball. But yeah, right now, I would definitely say it's Minnesota, like, especially the way their defense is I, playing. I I mean, th- that's a fired up team. I might go Cowboys, though. And and here's what I yeah, would say. So that's true. I'm with you, by the way. It, I, don't, I don't want to give props to the Cowboys. I, you know me. But, I know uh, you. I know yeah. you. I, I'm with you on this <laughs> sense, though. I would have said Niners before. And we can start with that game first. Jimmy G breaks his foot. Terrible. Uh, Niners mm-hmm. still win. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant last year, the last player taken in the draft, and uh, looked pretty good. Now, I don't yep. know what they're going to have with him. One game, he played great. He got the ball to McCaffrey. Shanahan's a heck of a coach. He is a rookie, so there's going to be growing pains, we would assume. Not everybody's going to come out and be like Tom Brady, but he might have yeah, something yeah. there. And with their defense still... They're going to be a factor if they can get something, you know, some sort of high level out of Purdy. Their defense, mm-hmm. Nick Bosa, three sacks, leads the league. I think yeah. he's the front front runner for defensive player of the year. Had that strip sack that was returned for a touchdown. They've given yep. up 17 points or less, I think, for the last five games. So if we're going to look at if they're dead, I'm going to say no, but it definitely knocks them down a peg in terms of who are contenders to the Eagles. I would lean Cowboys for that other for also the fact of their defense. I think what they give you on that side of the ball, and, and not to knock Minnesota, Minnesota who's won a lot of close games, they're battle-tested, but I trust mm-hmm. Dallas a little bit more in these big games than the Vikings. It's split in hairs early. It's all going to be decided on the field, but that yeah. is kind of the tears right now in the NFL and the NFC. Yeah, I I, I think now we talked about it, I, I kind of do agree with you. I would kind of give the second spot to, to Dallas, it's, even though I, I hate saying that. Because they are, they're playing so well. But I still think the Niners are in contention, even with mm-hmm. even with with Purdy. You know, because that defense is so good. You know, and we've seen time and time again, your quarterback doesn't have to be the best quarterback for you no. to still win playoff games and and win Super Bowls. And McCaffrey you know, catching passes too. Is, I mean, that's the other thing. McCaffrey as a receiver is you know the, is yeah. is amazing, and he's been that safety valve was in that game. 
I think the yeah. Vikings, I mean, the Vikings win that game against the Jets. They're, you know, they're 10 and 2. Jets outgained them, had more possession, got in the red zone a bunch, couldn't score touchdowns. I'll credit to the Vikings defense, but that's happened mm-hmm. a lot this year. You know, they've won a lot of these close, I don't want to say weird games. They've earned all their wins, but we're going to doubt, you know, Kirk Cousins and this team, new head coach Kevin O'Connell's did a great job. But I think, you know, I think the other part of this too, Chris, might be that. All these teams are flawed or unproven. You know, Dak hasn't exactly played at the highest level. We're not sure about the Vikings. This will be Hurts' first meaningful football in the playoffs. The defense for the Eagles has been vulnerable at times. So there's flaws regardless. And and that's Mm -hmm. what makes this so fun is I think we've got, you know, some battles and some positioning, you know, for for this. I mean, obviously what the Cowboys did to Matt Ryan was borderline criminal on Sunday night, though. Oh, God, yeah, that was was ridiculous. Yeah. uh, fun fact, just going back to the Niners, Brock Purdy becomes the first uh, Mr. Irrelevant to not only throw a touchdown, but I think also throw a forward pass in the Whoa. NFL. So uh, congrats to, no longer. to Brock, and uh, best of luck to him, man. Yeah, there's definitely a steep drop-off after those teams, and we've been talking about it. we got to make seven, yeah. we got to find seven playoff teams, and it's harder um, to do yep. that now. I think we can talk about Monday night's game where the Bucks, Tom Brady does it again, but they absolutely, I don't want to say mm-hmm. stole that game because they made plays down the street. Maybe the Saints kind of just opened the door and said, hey, come on in. It's it's nice and warm in here. And the Bucks were like, okay, we'll come and win this game. But down by well, 13 the, with seven minutes left, some questionable decisions by the Saints, but it was Tom Brady at the buzzer yet again. Yeah, well, the the... Saints made the the fatal mistake of allowing Tom Brady to stay in that game. You know, I mean, you have to assume a close game, Tom Brady, you know, two minute drill, you're going to lose that game nine times out of 10. And you, you just can't let a quarterback that good, you know, who runs the two minute drill probably better than anyone in the NFL right now be within six, you know, uh, <laughs> with two minutes and yeah. what, two minutes, 24 seconds left. And I think the, the best part about that, if you watch that drive, I think his longest pass was, what, 15 yards? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just reading the defense, and he was doing what Tom Brady does best. He was just taking what the defense And he them. just knows the time so well. Like, I mean, he just knows yeah. exactly what he has to do to score with no time on the clock. The, Buc- yep. the Bucks are a flawed team. I mean, their offense was sputtering for most mm-hmm. of that game. They uh, clearly have some issues there. Brady was missing receivers. It wasn't good. But again, the Saints, I mean, they, they're throwing the ball late. They punt fourth and one. Ingram runs out of bounds. They do all the things. The defense gives them a chance to win, and they still don't do it. So I'm not – I mean, the Bucks are 6-6. Six and six. They're probably going to win that division, but that's not saying much. I don't put them in the contender tier yet. There's still some time to maybe switch some things around. And, uh, you know, the other teams we talked about, Chris, were maybe in the contender tier. They tied. So Giants and, and Commanders played to a 20-20 yeah. to 20 tie. I – I don't want to bash the Giants too much for their faltering down the stretch here because they weren't supposed to be, you know, seven and two out of the gate to start. Right. And, you know, that this is this is all a good first year for Brian Dable, but they're extremely banged up and mm-hmm. it's showing on both sides of the ball. I think I'm more positive in what the commanders have done since starting one and four with Carson Wentz and figuring out a way to play themselves into the playoff on playoff contention. Yeah, you know, and Given that I also have uh, obviously a bet with you mm-hmm. about the Giants not making the playoffs, so clearly I'm rooting for the Commanders or the Seahawks in this area. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but that being said, I, I think the Commanders are definitely 
a team that's more on the rise uh, than the and the Giants are. I don't, I don't want to say the Giants are a team in a plummet because that, that's that's not fair. Are but, we are we saying uh, that the are we saying that the Seahawks are? Prime, I mean, because I guess the question I'm having for it is the Seahawks are a team that again, like kind of like the Giants in Washington, the same discussion. They're playing way better than we expected. Geno Smith is a great story. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one thing to say you're not sold on them to contend. They're, this is like a fun, no-stress ride. Like, they barely beat the Rams that have, you know, very little going on. So I don't want to just tout them up as this, like, great team. It's a solid team that's just, you know, when you expect someone to be 4-13 and 13 and they're 7-5, and five, I think that mm-hmm. kind of changes how you view them. Yeah, I mean, I think the Seahawks are, in some ways, you know, they're playing with the house's money, mm-hmm. you know. I definitely think this is a team that no one was uh, – high on this mm-hmm. season, especially after the departure of, you know, Russell Wilson. And uh, I think they sort of took that departure as uh, and made it a chip on their shoulder in yeah. some ways. You know, I mean, you saw it in their week one game against Denver. I mean, they, they just, they, they said, Hey, you know, we're more than just Russell Wilson. And in, in some ways they're proving it. So, I mean, they're, right. they're, they're playing great. And <laughs> Geno Smith, what a story. I mean, that's, that's, how about a resurgence? That's great. Unbelievable. And and they've opened, you know, they've, they've walked through the door, the the Seahawks have, that the Rams having just a, a disaster season from hell and the Cardinals who have just <laughs> self-destructed too. So props to the Seahawks, but it has helped that two teams that were in the playoffs, one that won the Super Bowl, are just playing awful football right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the, the Niners are, are hands down far and above anybody else in their division but you know seattle they're, they're definitely yeah you know they're not bad would, would they're you definitely s- better than the rams and the oh, cardinals are for sure yeah for i mean sure. oh i mean the rams how do you go from super bowl winner to dumpster fire like I that's know, just man. crazy you know, you know, you trade all your draft picks away. That's part of it too. So there's not that youth to replenish it. So yeah, it yeah. happens. The league's the league's tough. Uh, before we go yes, to the before we go to the AFC, Chris, do you think there's any teams that are maybe in that losing record range that could make a run? You know, because in the in the NFC to get to the playoffs, just to get to you know, w- we'll see. I mean, we've seen teams go on losing streaks. Could a team go on a run that's under 500? In the NFC and yeah. make a playoff and make a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Mm, no, <laughs> maybe as I much as I pack, want, as much I as I want to, Packers because, yeah, see, you know, Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, Lions are five and even, seven also, by the way. And, and that's kind of crazy, yeah. but I would say the Packers are the only one. And I was looking at it like I, there's a lot yeah. not to like about the Packers, but I was looking at their schedule, right? And you assume they have to win out, win their last four to give yourself a mm-hmm. chance after they beat the Bears, who it's got to be deflating if you're the Bears. Like, even in the worst year, Green Bay still owns you. <laughs> but yeah. but yep. Packers, Rams on Monday, Rams aren't good. The Dolphins game on Christmas is the one because Vikings, Packers on New Year's Day, I think the Vikings are going to be locked into the two seed by then. You yeah. know, like they're not, they're they'll have the division and they won't really have much to play for. And then the Lions on, so... Again, not you know nine and eight might not even get there. They'd be the only team I could say. Well, we'll see. Yeah, the only the only way I see the Vikings not resting players is if they're still if they're still one game back of the Eagles and they have a chance. Remember, they know, have to be. Rem- yeah, remember they have to be even because the Eagles destroyed them on Monday Night Football early in the year. So that would be yeah. you know they have to get the Eagles to stumble. I think at least once and then maybe one more. So we'll see. Yeah. 
I love it. I mean, the fact, the fact that you have teams that are below 500 that are still in the hunt, <laughs> you great. know, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Chris Miller here on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's look at the AFC. We mentioned our teams earlier, but uh, after the results from uh, the week, the Bills are back into that number one seed as of now, and it took a lot to mm -hmm. get them there. It took losses by the Chiefs and the Dolphins, and uh, I do want to get into some of this. I mean, the Bills beat the Patriots. They handle business. No surprise there. They're what yep. we expected. The Dolphins lost that game to San Francisco. They're still 8-4, and four, again, outperforming their, their you know, perspective outlook on the season but it wasn't a great game for them I, I bring this up because the schedule is heating up that was the first mm -hmm. of a couple tough games and how important it would be I mean now that they're back a game in the loss to the to the Bills it's huge because playing yeah. in Miami versus going into these cold weather areas for a team from Miami and a quarterback in Tua could make a yep. difference so this is the nitty-gritty time for the Dolphins oh oh definitely you know I, I definitely think Tua in the cold might be an issue, but he does have Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek, as we know, came um, from Kansas amazing. City, so he's definitely made to play in the cold. So it won't be much different for him. Uh, the question is, will his uh, quarterback be able yeah. to get him the ball? They just that, can't guard weather? him. It's crazy. They just can't guard him. I know you he have to be doing you have to be doing cartwheels <laughs> that he's not in the uh, AFC West anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I definitely don't miss facing him two, no. <laughs> two games this season. No. But, yeah, definitely Miami is – I agree. Like, it's the same with any of these warm-weather yeah. teams, really. You know, you, you don't want to have to travel, especially Buffalo. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just brutal yeah. in, in the wintertime. But then again, I mean, we've seen now in the past teams like the Packers, who you thought were automatic wins in, the, in winter, are starting to, to stumble, too. Mm -hmm. So this could be one of those moments, but I, I doubt it. You know, I think if, if Buffalo at home – uh -huh. You know, in, in a blizzard, uh, you gotta you gotta give the advantage for sure to Josh Allen and that team. For sure. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, how about the fact that Joey Cool, Joe Burrow, knocks off Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for the third straight time, and he does it yeah. at home in Cincinnati, and he does it with some big plays. They overcame uh, a drop touchdown, a Mahomes rushing touchdown. This wasn't a fluke. I mean, that's the the beauty of what the Bengals are doing in these big games, Chris, is that they're winning. And we're not walking away thinking, oh, they just made a couple plays. The Chiefs kind of gave it away. No, the Bengals are earning these wins. And you could say that they struggle with some inferior teams. They have consistency issues. Who the hell doesn't in the NFL? But they right. get up for big games, and that's in large part to their quarterback. That was another impressive win over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk about Aaron Rodgers owning the Bears. Right now, Joe Burrow owns Kansas City. He's the first first quarterback and first team to beat Patrick Mahomes three straight games in Mahomes' entire career. And uh, this was definitely an impressive one. I mean, they, for the most part, were a pretty dominant team from, from beginning to end. And uh, uh, and, this, and this is a team that everyone was writing off at the beginning of the season. Remember that? I mean, they struggled at first, and they'd be like, oh, well, here's the Bengals just being the team that lost the Super Bowl. They're going to go 2-15, and 15, and uh, they – Righted the ship, and mm -hmm. they're looking a lot more like the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. I yeah. mean, it's the same as last year. They started out slow, and they got hot at the right time, and, and they're getting hot. Their quarterback's getting right. hot, and this is a team to, to be afraid of. They they got through the rough patch that snake bites a lot of teams, chases injury, questions yeah. with that. So to, to survive is really part of the beast in such a long season. I do think, though, that the Chiefs – 
wasn't their best game, wasn't their sharpest. They can snap back. They've had this division on lock since the, since the day they beat the, the Chargers for the second time. So they, they got to yeah. just refocus, and it takes a game like this, unfortunately, to do that. You know, and the other teams and the other teams contending in the AFC, just an atrocious game between the Ravens and the Broncos, which we'll get to Denver in a second. But Lamar Jackson's injury is going to be a Lamar Jackson's injury. I mean, they win the game with Huntley ten to nine, but one to three yep. week PCL sprain, not good for any quarterback, let alone Lamar Jackson in his contract year. We'll see when yeah. when we see him again. Most likely, pretty much, certainly not this week. But you know, you you ground Lamar Jackson and you take away one of his wheels, so to speak. That's going to be tough. So credit to the Ravens for surviving this one. But it's not what you what you ever want to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think that's kind of the thing that is a little scary with any of these quarterbacks. Now, I mean, these you know, your Jalen Hurts, your your Justin Fields, you know, even Mahomes, these mm-hmm. guys that their game style is really predicated on their mobility. They're able to, you know, their ability to make plays with their feet. I mean, one bad leg injury and yeah. their whole gameplay changes. I mean, you look at Tom Brady, Tom Brady's whole career is based on not moving. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, he had one massively bad knee injury. No, you're, uh, you're right. It's, and it's he true. still ends up being the best quarterback because he doesn't move. He's, he, he just, he, he knows how to stay in the pocket. He's always had good offensive line. And he just makes good passes. And I, I think that's kind of the concern you have for this more mobile game that we're seeing. You know, it's just one bad injury and your whole season can be potentially tanked. And I mean, I don't think Lamar's going to be out for too long. I mean, they definitely said week 14 he's out, but he should be should be hopefully back in a, you know, a couple of weeks. And, but we'll see. I mean, see how much he can move. Is there anything that gives you more joy than watching the Broncos play <laughs> as a Raiders fan? <laughs> Just seeing their uh, offense? I mean, nothing gives me more joy than as a Raiders fan than hearing everybody talk about how awesome Denver was going to be this year with Russell Wilson, how they were going to top the Chiefs for the division. They were Super Bowl contenders. And they are terrible. You know what's sad is it's only the <laughs> offense that's terrible. I mean, it's sad for Broncos right. fans. If they, I mean, they gave up nine points. It's one of the worst offenses in NFL history statistically. And if they average, I think, if they average league average in points, they'd be, I think, eight and four, I want to say. I'm going to have to double check that. It might even be nine and three. But that's, that's wow. what they're getting on offense is absolutely nothing. So, yeah. You know. And it's not like they have bad players you know i mean they have a good offense for the most part i mean I, I obviously would, you got russell wilson who's good i mean he you know? might not be good anymore but my thing is i, I go top down i, okay, I mean hackett might be one and done we, we we should probably consider him on our list of you know the coaching carousel but I, yeah. I think that's the biggest issue right now that contract looks gross and it's going to keep looking worse if russell wilson does not play good football so yeah i think russell wilson had one good game all season, and then that was the first time that that the Raiders and the Broncos met, and that's because mm-hmm. that's what the Raiders do is they make bad teams look good. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even the last time the 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 Raiders and the Broncos met, I mean that that went down to you know nowhere. Uh, so, but yeah, this team, I mean, 189 yards passing for Russell, no TDs. This offense just looks like it has no identity, and 
you know, you got to feel bad for that defense because, yeah, they're play, they're playing great. I mean, they're playing their hearts out, and their their offense is giving them nothing. Nothing, you know. And I mean, it's uh, what can you do? But well, yeah, nothing I like more than to watch them lose. Before we get to the uh, games this week and wrap this up, same thing as the NFC. It's going to be a little harder though. But you know, our teams are five and seven. Chargers at six and six. As it stands right now, it would be three in the NFC or the AFC East, and that does not include the Patriots. But how does the bottom end of that playoff picture, assuming both Ravens and Bengals are in, of course, but you know, Jets hold on? Are the are the Patriots going to make a move? Could our teams make it? You know, what are we what are we looking at for the bottom of that playoff picture? Oh boy. Um, I'm not sold on the Jets, and, and not, no disrespect to them fighting through just having to bench Zach Wilson because he still sounds like he was the worst teammate there ever was. But yeah. they're a young team like the Giants, and, and this is what happens in this league. You know, it's when you're when you're a little ahead of schedule, and they do have a, have a great defense. I just don't know that offensively they're going to be able to push forward. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to. Think. I mean, I I would probably honestly. If it wasn't for the the beat up offensive line, I would probably put the Chargers in this in a in a position to potentially take that last wild card spot. But that offensive line is so banged up, which is part of the reason why the Raiders were able to to get so much pressure uh, on Herbert. And they're going to be playing Miami next week, who's also got a, a really good yeah. defense. And I think they're just going to keep getting banged up and banged up and. Yeah, I don't believe much in the Jets either. This, this, I think, I feel like the AFC is tougher. Yeah, to be honest, you know, and because I would love to think that the Raiders are going to be there, but same with the Browns. Pro- I'm the same way. Not. I'm the same way. I actually think that Chargers Dolphins game is huge because if the Chargers win that one, they do have the inside track to get a playoff spot. But yeah. it's but you lose that when you're up against it, so that's a huge game. Uh, but no, I, I mean. Crazy. Browns, Steelers, Patriots at six and six have a, have a weird offensive situation, but I kind of like their defense too, similar to the Jets. Yeah. So, I mean, odds are it'll probably be one of those teams. It'll probably be three three AFC East teams, but still can dream, right? Yeah, yeah. I if if I was a gambling man, mm-hmm. I would probably just say Patriots, just because I think their defense again is really good, and it's it's hard yeah. to bet against Bill Belichick. Yeah, Matt um, Patricia calling Tom plays Brady, though. But, yeah. So I would, uh, I would I would agree with you on that one. I think that's the the smartest possibility there uh, would be the Patriots or the Jets. But hey, our Browns and Chargers and Raiders and everybody coming in here. So if you're listening to this show and you're a fan of an AFC team, you probably, other than the Texans yeah. and Broncos, still have a chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, even the Colts at four and eight are still technically what, yeah. in the hunt. You know, I mean, uh, geez. Chris Miller here on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's wrap it up talking about some big games this weekend. And there are a few. I'm going to skip right over that Rams-Raiders game, though. Not not, not out of disrespect uh, to you, but hey, Raiders should handle business, right? Get to 6-7. and seven. I mean, this would be a yeah. catastrophic loss if they lost this one. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's at SoFi, so it's basically going to be a home game for them. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would definitely be pretty saddened if they uh, – if they lost to this the, this current Rams team and yeah. the, the way they're playing, uh, I think the Raiders have too strong of a front seven against that that Rams porous offensive line. 
I agree. Oh, yeah. Like the Raiders in this one. Uh, Rams actually, as we recorded this, I think they just they just claim Baker Mayfield. I'm not making this up off of uh, waivers, so he might actually be the starting quarterback on Thursday. So, oh my God, I'm all in on the you Raiders then. At least, at least we can stop the Baker to San Francisco talk with that signing. So that's good. Like yeah. I can't believe people even were. McCaffrey's like, how far away do I have to run from this guy? Yeah, exactly. I already went all the way across the country. Other good games I like this week. Bills, Jets. Bills are nine-point favorites at home. Jets won this game in New York week one. Or not week one, but earlier in the season, I should say. Uh, The line's a little high. I know we're all expecting the Bills to bounce back. I think they will win this game, but I don't know. I I feel like the Jets are are playing close games at the very least with Mike White in there kind of making some plays. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Looking forward to it. I got to go Bills on this one, though. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm with yeah. you there. Giants get the Eagles, I believe, for the first time this year at home as seven-point underdogs. I, I'm, I'm I'm weary, too, and I know we were talking about the Giants maybe taking a step back, but they're another team that just fights. It's not always pretty, but I think this could be I – w- I would just question – I mean, if Philly goes into New York as, ro- as a road team and just stomps out the Giants, that would tell me a lot about the maturity of this team because I could see a lot of teams in this situation – kind of sleepwalking, at least early in this game, which Philly did, I think, against the Colts earlier this year. So, intrigued to see their mindset in this one. Yeah, i I got to go Philly. I mean, third best offense in the league, second best defense uh, against uh, 25th ranked offense at 21st ranked defense. So, they're both got good rushing games, though. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I think the Eagles go into to New York and uh, handle business. A lot of people predicting that the Bengals will stomp out the Browns. I just want to remind everyone on Halloween, the Browns won by 19 points or so. So we'll see that one. I expect the, I expect the Chiefs to do the stomping over the Broncos, though, on the road. Just bouncing oh God, back yeah. and just stomping them out. Uh, I mean, you take a, you take a, bad, a bad loss to the, the Bengals and an angry Chiefs team, you know, mm-hmm. on the road against a, a terrible Broncos team. Yeah, I I feel bad for the Broncos that game because that's going to be, uh, I think, the the Chiefs uh, blowing off some serious steam. Who do you like in that Chargers-Dolphins uh, game we mentioned? Dolphins. Dolphins. Right. I got to go Dolphins. The, their their defense is, is good. I I think the, the Raiders definitely showed uh, a template of how you can get pressure on uh, on Herbert. And I think the Dolphins have easily have good enough – you know, a front seven is the Raiders. I mean, it's probably better, actually. And, uh, yeah, too many weapons. I just – I don't see the, the Chargers being able to stop Tyreek Hill, to be honest, without having Bosa in. Like, their pass rush is just not what it was. Also in SoFi, so a Dolphins home game. We can just circle back to <laughs> the Thursday night I mean, game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, anytime the Chargers are yeah. in SoFi, it's somebody else's home game. Last one to talk about. Does Brock Purdy beat Tom Brady in his first NFL start? Ooh. <laughs> That's it's a yes. fun one. Niners hosting I'm, the Bucks, and I think I actually like the Niners in this game too because I think the one thing that Shanahan's going to do is just run an offense that suits his player, suits his play caller, his quarterback. And mm-hmm. uh, I like the Niners to uh, just kind of get some time of possession Bucks, Bucks offense first. That Niners defense, I don't think it's going to be pretty, to be perfectly yeah. honest. So yeah. we, we yeah. hyped them up, and I just I, I like Bosa, I like Warner, and I like that Niners defense to wreak havoc. Yep, agreed. Like I said, I think the Niners. You know, I don't know if they're 
the Super Bowl contenders that they were before Jimmy G got hurt, but they're still a very solid team, and uh, their defense is just <laughs> ridiculous. So, yeah, I, I got to go Niners on that one. Chris Miller, pleasure talking NFL football with you. Uh, we're still waiting to see if that giant bet will, uh, if going dressed in blue as a New York football giant is going to work out. But I, I know it's going to come down uh, to the wire. <laughs> it's coming down to the wire. I know. I I need a big Eagles win this week. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, come on, Philadelphia. Um, for sure. You know. Yeah. I mean, I you know there was a moment for sure when I was nervous about that bet and i think that the giants are starting to shift back to where i expected them to to be earlier in the season and they're playing more like the team you kind of expected they were going to be but uh we'll see you never know but uh, i still like my chances we're in the hunt can't wait to see uh chris miller thanks so much for talking nfl football here on the money mitch effect yeah of course man my pleasure always a good time That's going to do it for this week's episode of The Money Mitch Effect. Thanks to both guests, Ian Dunn, the Panda, and Chris Miller. And thanks to everybody out there, as always, for listening. We're on all your podcast platforms, Apple, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, to name a few. And check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page for some exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21, and we will be back next week to talk more sports. The NFL rolls on. Bowl season's coming up. we got a big bowl preview playing on this podcast. You're not going to want to miss that as well. For Ian Dunn and for Chris Miller, my name is Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you for listening. And keep enjoying sports.